Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Three, two, one. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Welcome Jr. Welcome in, everybody. is on the phone. Here. We're the podcast. It's Speak America. The Outdoor Sports Podcast. It is Friday, July 8th, 2022, people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day, and I hope everybody is ready for the FFE, the fun Friday edition of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Here is what you need to know about today's show. So we are going to go in a lot of different directions. We are going to start with the latest from college sports realignment. Last week, we talked USC-UCLA. Earlier this week, we talked about the next steps for Notre Dame and the ACC. Today, we hit on all of the crazy rumors surrounding the Pac-12, the Big 12, and what is next for those two conferences. I tell you why this is one of the most complicated, interesting stories I can ever remember. We get into the nitty-gritty, and I tell you why this. there's no easy answer as to what happens next for any of these schools. From there, we will get a little serious. I do want to talk about this Brittany Griner story. I have been amazed it's not bigger. I have been amazed there has not been more coverage. We are finally at that point. But what I will tell you is that this is a disappointing story from the media perspective, from the coverage perspective. I have so many thoughts, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it. Finally, we'll end on a much lighter note where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. A lot of fun stuff there. We'll talk a little bit about some college hoops recruiting, some stuff I got right, some stuff I got wrong, the NBA draft, a little college football and NBA. Wrap with where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Before we get to the show, really quick, one kind of scheduling note. I think I mentioned it last week or last episode, but I'm actually going on vacation next week. Now, no need to worry. No need to fear. I have already recorded three long form interviews for the show. On Monday, we will have my buddy Trey Wallace from Outkick.com. Incredible interview, incredible stories, how he came up. He was actually the guy that broke that Jeremy Pruitt McDonald's story. Um, And so we get into so many different things, his career, all that good stuff. Wednesday, really fun interview with Josh Pate. I think many of you know him. I think many of you listen to his podcast, Big College Football Podcast, a really interesting guy, long form with him. Friday, we close with John Fanta, uh, 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 what do I call it, Uh, a broadcaster for Fox Sports, covers college hoops, an incredible guy. Uh, And I cannot wait. I've done... Two of the three interviews, I'm still actually efforting Josh Pate. We're going to interview, we're going to speak uh, Friday before I leave, but three long-form interviews this coming week, and all I would ask is this. If you enjoy the interviews, reach out to Trey, reach out to Josh, reach out to John Fanta on Twitter, tag them, tag me, say, hey, heard you on the Torres podcast, thank you for the time, enjoyed the interview. Because at the end of the day, here's the bottom line. Guys like this, just like, and I'm not trying to brag or anything like that, but, but guys like me, guys like them, guys like you and I, we're all busy, right? And so for people to take 30, 35, 40 minutes to come into the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast with nothing to promote, it's one thing if somebody's coming on because they got a new podcast or they got a new TV show or whatever. It's another thing when guys are taking time out of their day to come on this show, so make sure to tag them, make sure to know that you appreciated it. But Trey Wallace from OutKick on Monday, Josh Pate on Wednesday, and John Fanta next Friday. I will be back the following Monday, 
And oh boy, is it going to be a fun week to be back as SEC Media Days get going that week. But with that said, let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, look, we all know it's realignment. But what I would say is it's been very fascinating to kind of see the cycle of all this, not only in real life, but also on the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Last Thursday, we have the bombshell USC-UCLA. It's crazy. It shocks the world. We talk about it on this show. Then over the weekend, that dust settles, and you start to think about what's next. You hear the reports that Oregon, Washington, they're not going to the Big Ten. And so what we talked about on Tuesday's show was what I believe was the topic of that moment, which was, okay, what are the next big, big, big topics? What are the next big moves in realignment? And those are pretty straightforward. Does Notre Dame decide to join a conference, specifically likely the Big Ten? And are any of these ACC schools going to be able to get out of this contract and leave for probably the SEC, but either one of those two conferences? Well, now we have another trickle-down effect, and that is what happens to everybody else, specifically the Big 12 and Pac-12 schools. This week has been full of rumor, it's been full of innuendo, and I'm going to get to all of it in a second. But before I do, what I would just say is this. This is such a fascinating topic with so many layers because of the timing of everything that has happened. And so over the next couple minutes, I know you guys are going to want definitive answers from me. Who's going where? When are they going? Who's joining who? Who's staying behind? Who's going to get left behind? I don't think it's that simple, and it's because of who left UCLA and USC, when they left, and the situation they left those other 10 schools in. So let's get into it because college realignment rumor season is here. And boy, oh boy, is it a crazy time. Now, over the course of probably the last week or so, we did have two definitive things come out from the Pac-12. One, on Friday, right after the USC-UCLA news, the 10 remaining school presidents gave approval to the Pac-12 to seek realignment candidates, teams to join the Pac-12. We also got this goofy report which I think is kind of funny, and I'll explain why in a minute. I think it was Monday or Tuesday, that the Pac-12 is open for business with TV partners. And that's goofy, and I'll explain why momentarily. But here are some of the rumors that we have heard over the last couple days. We have heard, one, that the Big 12 is in deep discussions with four teams currently in the Pac-12. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. Then we heard that the Big 12 has reached out to six schools in the Pac-12. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, and Washington. Then we heard that the ACC and Pac-12 are going to merge together in some sort. They're not really merging, but they're going to put together a loose alliance. By the way, loose alliance didn't work out too well last year with the Big 10 and the Pac-12 when the Big 10 rated the Pac-12 for its two best teams. But... There is going to be a potential alliance between the Pac-12 and the ACC. The winner of each conference plays a championship game in Vegas. Can't lie, I love Vegas. That sounds terrible. Congrats to Florida State. Good luck getting Florida State fans out to Vegas for a JV championship game to hopefully get into the playoff. That is not going to happen. And then finally, by the way, we got a report on Thursday from something called Swim Swam News, which, by the way, shout out to Swim Swam News. I know none of you care. But my blue check mark got taken away on Twitter a few days ago, and they didn't explain why. Swim Swam Freaking News has a blue check mark. But anyway, they put out a report that North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, and Clemson are leaving for the SEC. All of it is rumor. As I record, none of it is fact. By the way, I could believe some variation of all of those reports. But what I would say is, again, you guys are asking me what's going to happen. And I think it's really complicated for a couple reasons. First of all, what I would just say more than anything is this. Don't believe every report because not as many people have access to real information as you think. What do I mean by that? I might have talked about this on last week, on Monday, on Tuesday's show. If I did, forgive me for repeating myself. But I talked to some people from USC over the weekend. And the number of people that knew about the Big Ten move, a move that is going to fundamentally alter USC athletics forever, you could probably count on one hand the number of people that were privy to those conversations. As I told you on Tuesday's show, and I do think I talked about this a little bit, my understanding is that most of USC staff, like 90% of USC staff, found out about the move to the Big Ten the way you and I did via social media. Those who were in the know had to sign a non-disclosure. 
nobody knew except for the highest levels of the athletic department. So why I don't believe 80% of these rumors is because the number of people that have access to real information is completely limited because nobody wants to have the real information get out because of contracts and negotiations and leverage and this and that. I don't think there's 30 people at Utah that know what's going on behind the scenes with a potential move to the Big 12. Same with Arizona, same with Oregon, same with Cal, same with Stanford. Think about the ACC's perspective. They have 15 teams, whatever it is, that are probably trying to get out of that league right now. You think they want that out in the public? So I don't believe most of what comes out. But two, why this story is so interesting. Why this story is so fascinating is because of the reason that it happened in this moment right now. And remember, why it happened right now is pretty straightforward. It is because the Pac-12 TV contract is up in 2024. Nothing had been signed. Nothing is binding any of these teams to the league beyond 2024. And so what we have now, USC and UCLA are gone. And we kind of have a chicken and egg situation, a a, a game of chicken, if you will, between everybody in the league, between the schools, between the, the, the conference, between the schools and the conference, between the schools and the TV contract. Essentially, let me start with the TV contract, okay? So the Pac-12 puts out this sweet, lovely uh, 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 press release that says, we are open for negotiation for TV. Well, that'd be like if my wife left me today, me walking down to the bar and saying, hey, ladies, I'm open for a, a, a long-term relationship. It's great that I announce it. doesn't mean that anybody's interested, and that's what's going on with the TV networks right now. The Pac-12 put that out there to try and get some traction on a TV contract, but the TV networks are all like, well, who exactly are we committed to? Because right now, we don't really know who's in this conference, which takes me to the second part of this. And by the way, the, the Pac-12 is like, well, just commit to us, and then we can lock teams in. But the second part of this is that not only is the conference and the TV networks in the middle of a, a game of chicken, but so are the individual schools, and here's why. It's because of what we talked about on Tuesday and really what we talked about on last Thursday. It's because everybody is hoping to wait for that golden ticket to the Big Ten or the SEC, most likely the Big Ten. And so how do you get people to commit to anything long-term in whatever we're calling this? If we want to call it the Pac-12, if we want to call it something else, whatever. How do you get anybody to commit long-term when everybody is trying to get out. So that is why this is so fascinating. And I, I do not envy George Kliakov, the Pac-12 commissioner, because this is almost an impossible situation, right? Let's just start with Oregon. I think we all agree, at least in football, Oregon's the biggest brand remaining. And I think Oregon, if they had their druthers between going to the Big 12 or trying to hold the Pac-12 together, I think they'd actually prefer to hold the Pac-12 together rather than leave for the Big 12. Now, maybe it kind of helps their state school, Oregon State, whatever. But I think that is what Oregon would prefer. But what they would really prefer is what we know they would prefer, which is to wait around and see if the Big Ten eventually expands. Because remember, we've talked about this. The Big Ten, we are one move away from another crazy round of realignment. And that move is pretty straightforward. That move is Notre Dame deciding, you know what? It is time for us to get into a conference. It is time for us to say goodbye to this independent life and settle down and get committed. To use the relationship term, they've been single forever, they've been independent forever, it's time to settle down with the Big Ten and get that $70 million check. If that happens, then at least one other Pac-12 team is coming with them. Now, I believe it would be Stanford. I've been told on good authority Stanford would be that team. But at the same time, if you're Stanford, if you're Oregon, if you're Washington, yeah, you're kind of sort of committed to this Pac-12 whatever it's going to be, but you're not really committed because you're hoping that Notre Dame decides to join the Big Ten and then there's at least one more spot open. And so if you're the Pac-12, how do you get Oregon committed? And then at the same time, if you're those other schools, if you're the Arizona schools, if you're the Mountain schools, how do you commit to Oregon knowing that they have one foot out the door? And so that's where it gets interesting. I think if Arizona, from what I can gauge, is kind of leading those other four schools in the Southwest Rocky region area, Rocky Mountain area, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. And I think if Arizona absolutely had its druthers, 
I think if they knew Oregon was 1,000% committed, then they would stay committed. We'd keep the Pac-10 and we'd add two teams. But I don't think Arizona believes that Oregon is committed. And so now I think Arizona probably is leaning towards trying to figure out a way to get to the Big 12. I'm not saying it's a thousand percent. And I'm not saying even Arizona knows at this point because Arizona, again, is trying to figure out what Oregon is going to do. And so that's why this whole thing is interesting. I've had you guys ask me all week, well, what's going to happen? Well, I don't know. Because I don't believe that Oregon's going to commit long-term to the Pac-12. And if Oregon doesn't commit, then that means that the Arizona Southwest schools aren't going to commit to Oregon. And then you have this whole crazy dynamic. And so I have no idea what's going to happen because I don't even think most of these schools are going to happen. Now, I think if Oregon gives some sort of blanket commitment, and I don't know what that is, then I think the Pac-10 as they are stay together and they probably add two schools. If I had to guess the two schools, I would say San Diego State, keep a, Pac- uh, a Pacific South, uh, Southern California footprint, and UNLV, Vegas is a booming market. I don't think they care that much about UNLV athletics, although maybe if UNLV basketball got good again, they would. That's what I think will happen if Oregon gives any type of long-term commitment, but for the thousandth time, I just don't know if they're going to. And if they don't, what does Arizona do? Does that make it more likely to go to the Big 12? And by the way, does the Big 12 just convince Oregon and Washington, hey, look, you guys are on an island up there. You go do what you got to do. But these four schools are coming with us. And then if those four schools come with them, then I think it's pretty likely that the Pac-12 as we know it ceases to exist. I don't know what happens with the Bay Area schools. I think Oregon State and Washington State go to the Mountain West. It is just absolutely crazy. But that is, in fact, where we are in conference realignment. Nobody wants to commit to anybody. Nobody trusts anybody else. And it is just a fascinating game of chicken. Can the Pac-12 get a TV network to commit? Can the network get teams to commit? Can Arizona really trust Oregon? Can Oregon really trust Arizona? On and on and on and on and on. I'm telling you, this is one of the most fascinating stories that I can ever remember. All right, this is what I want to do. I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back, and I do want to talk about another just fascinating story. Uh, uh, I got to talk a little Brittany Griner. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too serious here on a Friday. But it is a crazy story. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk Brittany Griner. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back, good to be back. I do want to switch gears, and I want to get a little serious on the next topic. And, and, and a couple things before we get started. You know, one, um, I try, so I'm one of the few people in sports media that seemingly, I don't like politics, I don't want to talk politics, I like to stick to sports. I think there's this like negative connotation of stick to sports in the media. And I generally do. I don't like talking politics, I don't like getting into Uh, certain spaces, because I know that's not what you guys tune into this show for. But I've been watching this Brittany Griner story from a distance. I've been waiting for someone to speak up, and absolutely nobody has. 
And so I believe it is my responsibility to use this platform, to use the platform that I have, the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, to speak up for what I believe is one of the craziest, most undercovered stories that I have ever seen in my life. And over the next few minutes, I'm just going to warn you. If you want to fast forward to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, I get it. I won't take it personally. But we're going to have a very serious conversation about this Brittany Griner situation, about sexuality, about race, about um, you know gender, and it's going to get uncomfortable. But I have to be honest. I have to be real. And this is the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. We don't duck from tough topics, and we don't duck from tough conversations, even though I do like to keep it light and fun. And so obviously, look, by now everybody knows the Brittany Griner story, maybe the best women's basketball player on the planet. In the WNBA offseason, she plays in Russia, goes over to Russia in February, and gets arrested at the airport for bringing in cartridges that have cannabis oil on them. And at the time, I was like, wow, this is a huge story. Maybe the best women's basketball player on the planet, certainly one of the top handful, is in a Russian prison for trying to sneak this cartridge into the country. Now, at the time when the story didn't really blow up, I guess I wasn't totally surprised by it because I don't know that there was a super interesting opinion to have on it. We talk about it all the time. There's topics that I don't talk about just because I don't think there's an interesting opinion on it, right? Like, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I think we all kind of thought, wow, that was really dumb. You shouldn't have done it. I do think she was not publicly criticized for a couple reasons. One, because what do you say other, other than that? What are you doing? But obviously, look, it's a touchy subject. And in the current media climate, if you criticize too hard, um, you know, you get called a racist, a sexist, a homophobic, whatever. So I was not totally surprised that this story didn't get initial traction. But what I will say, and I say this all the time, there isn't very often where I am completely blown away by a story either not getting covered enough or getting overcovered. And certainly not in the not overcovered, you know, I, I certainly, it's very rare that a story is undercovered in this climate. Think about all the media outlets we have, TV, radio, podcasts, YouTube, everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got social media, everybody has a platform to share. And yet universally, this story has stayed really, really, really quiet. And I've been blown away by the fact that it has never blown up. And then it seems like finally over the last couple weeks, it has finally started to pick up steam. Brittany Griner's wife has made two or three pleas to the U.S. government to get involved. The U.S. government says they are finally acting. But what I would say more than anything, the fact that it took this long, the fact that it took six months, I am not absolving Brittany Griner, but I heard somebody say that uh, if this was LeBron James, they would have been out of the country uh, a long time ago. I totally agree, but I think we are having the wrong conversation. It isn't about the fact that Brittany Griner is a woman. It isn't about the fact that Brittany Griner is whatever. It's about the fact that our media and our athletes, our media who everybody wants to be a political reporter, we have so many reporters out there now that want to talk politics and want to do this and want to do that and they want to have an opinion on every political topic even though they're here to cover sports. And our athletes who want to be an advocate, all I see is it's about uh, you know uh, equality and women's this and, and, and do this for the kids. Where is the media? Where, is the, where, where are the athletes? This is embarrassing. And again, first of all, shame on me too, okay? Shame on me for not bringing this up earlier, but again, I don't do politics. This isn't the lane that I ever get into. And I kept waiting for somebody to say something, right? And I know there's been reports and people say, well, the reason people aren't getting involved is because it's complicated geopolitically and the Russians want, basically, it's almost like, an, and I hate to be crass and I'm not trying to undersell it, but it's almost like a, an NBA trade, right? If we give back Brittany Griner, we want this from you. And so what I've heard is, oh, these athletes, nobody's speaking out because it's, it's complicated geopolitically. Well, let me tell you this. I have never seen anybody in the media have any problem speaking out about any political topic, no matter how complicated it is, no matter how uneducated they are on that topic. And we don't have to go topic by topic and who's right and who's wrong and what the issue is. 
But I, I, I'm serious. I have seen sports writers and sports media members talk about abortion the last couple weeks, and I'm not saying one side is right and one side is wrong. Everybody's allowed to, 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 to feel how they feel on that topic. I've seen sports reporters talk about gun control. Again, I'm not telling you how to feel about the Second Amendment. I stay out of that stuff, but I find it interesting that everybody in sports media has an opinion on these topics, but has remained quiet on Brittany Griner. And it's the same, by the way, with athletes, and shame on them. Because I heard something that I thought was very interesting. I heard somebody say, if this was LeBron James, Brittany Griner would have already been out of the country. I agree with that. If this was LeBron James in Russia, he would have been out already. But at the same time, I'm going to say something else. If LeBron James had sent out one tweet, if he had said one thing at this point, Brittany Griner would be out of the country as well. So yes, if it was LeBron James, then LeBron James, Brittany Griner would be out of the country. But if LeBron James had spoken up, right? What is LeBron James' whole platform? More than an athlete. This is a guy that's not afraid to speak out about political issues, about you know police violence that he deems unacceptable. This is a guy that called our former president a bum. And he hasn't said anything. I see all these NBA players. They go to women's basketball games. They sit courtside at the WNBA. I'm here with my sisters. Well, where are you guys right now? Where are you guys with all your money and all your clout and all your platform, your millions of followers on social media? We have one of our sisters sitting in a Russian prison right now waiting to get home. And so why I'm frustrated is because I don't know if this story doesn't fit in a certain box. I'll be honest. I think a lot of it, and I'm just going to say it, and I don't care how unpopular it makes me. I think a lot of it is many of the people in the media and in the sports world were critical of the former president, so they don't want to criticize this guy because this is the guy that they put in office. But we all know damn well. If Brittany Griner, we talk about if she was LeBron, she'd be out of prison. Yeah, and if the former president, Donald Trump, was still in office, he would be getting killed for this. He would be getting crushed for this. And it's been crickets from everybody. And I think that's part of it as well. And I'm not a Donald Trump guy, and I didn't vote for him in either election. So I'm just being real. And I'm sorry if this is making you guys uncomfortable, and I'm sure some of you are probably turning it off and saying you don't like me. But to me, the way this has been covered, the way that the people that have an opinion on everything have stayed silent has made me sick. And so I'm glad that we're finally starting to get resolutions. I'm glad that Brittany Griner's wife continues to speak out. I'm glad, I don't know how, but I'm glad that Brittany Griner's 4th of July note got home. I don't have all the details. I don't claim to be a geopolitical expert, but the one thing that I do know, I try to stay out of politics. I try to stay out of stuff that isn't sports related, but there are a lot of people in my business and in my space who aren't afraid to. Where are you right now? I turn on SportsCenter, I hear people talking about Florida you know, elementary school laws. This isn't as important. The fact that we have somebody in a Russian prison right now who may be there for the very foreseeable future, that isn't important. That isn't something to talk about. That isn't something to tweet about. LeBron James, you can call our former president a bum, but this is okay. I'm tired of it, man. I'm so disappointed in the media. I'm so disappointed in our current athletes. Everybody wants to be political until it's time to finally stand up for something, and I'm disappointed. Hope everybody's okay with me going a little political there. This, this story has driven me crazy, and, and I can't help but think, again, how have we gotten to this point where we have one of the most prominent women's athletes in the world sitting in a Russian prison? I'm not excusing what Brittany Griner did. It was stupid. But I just don't understand how we live in a world where everybody wants to have political opinions, every athlete wants to speak out and be, um, you know, be a, 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 an agent for change. Well, let's be an agent for change to get Brittany Griner home. Um, uh, but I am so, so disappointed in the coverage of this and credit to her wife for continuing to push to get her out. Again, not excusing her behavior, but hope she gets home safely and hope she gets home safely soon. All right, that's what I want to do. I want to take a quick break. I want to come back, and I definitely want to end on a much lighter note than that, where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. We're going to get to where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Much lighter topic, much more fun topic. We're going to hit on uh, college basketball recruiting, college football, Kevin Durant, maybe even a little NFL. I will be right back. <laughs> 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, final segment of the show. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap with the segment that we wrap with on every Friday. Well, most Fridays. Last week, we had USC-UCLA news that kind of blew up the show. But I want to wrap with the normal Friday segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. And the concept is pretty straightforward, and by now, most of you know what this Friday segment is about. Uh, My buddy took it from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Uh, He does every single week where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. And I decided to bring it to this show for a few reasons. One, I give out a lot of opinions over the course of a week. I do it on social media. I do it on Instagram. I do it on radio. I do it on podcast. I do it on whatever. And when I get stuff right, nobody loves talking about how smart they are than your boy Torres. But man, oh man, I get a lot of stuff wrong too. And that's the funny part, right? I get a lot of stuff wrong too. And that's why we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Because nobody likes patting themselves on the back more when they get stuff right. But I got to own it when I get stuff wrong, too. We wrap every Friday show with where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. It's a great summer segment, great way to wrap a week on this show. So let's get into it today, where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Where Aaron was right. So Kevin Durant. I was going to talk a little Kevin Durant last week, but obviously the UCLA-USC stuff kind of blew up at the exact same time. Decided to save it for today. But what I would say about Kevin Durant in general is this. I have been saying for years that I believe that he is the, the he has the biggest dichotomy, I believe, the biggest separation between his talent on the court and his complete lack of self-awareness off the court. Goes to, leaves Oklahoma City for Golden State having no idea that he was going to uh, that he was going to get criticized for joining a 73 win team that he couldn't beat in the playoffs. Leaves Golden State, and this is where I was out on Kevin Durant forever. For months, we heard that he was going to the New York Knicks, and I actually was okay with the New York Knicks. Last second, he decides to flip from the Brooklyn Nets. Had he gone to the Knicks, I think he put himself in a position that makes perfect sense, right? You're playing for legacy. You're playing for history. You're the guy that brings back the New York freaking Knicks. Instead, he goes to Brooklyn. Then last week, just days after Charles Barkley called him a bus rider, Said you jump on the bandwagon. Kevin Durant announces, drumroll please. (laughs) He wants a trade out of Brooklyn. This guy, listen, Kevin Durant's talent is is it's it's indescribable and it's not debatable. I respect Kevin Durant as a player. I respect the fact how much he loves basketball, okay? I respect the fact that he was coming off an Achilles injury last year and still went to the Olympics. So I've never questioned his talent or his love for basketball. But his off-the-court PR is just a disaster because think about it. Not only did he, ch- did he announce he wanted to get a trade, just days after Charles Barkley calls him a bus rider, says he hops on bandwagons, he announces that he wants to get traded to either Phoenix or Miami. Oh, by the way, the one seed in the East and the one seed in the West. This guy lacks complete self-awareness. I don't think he's happy. I wish he would just focus on basketball and stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. Kevin Durant, I was dead right. This guy is a brilliant basketball player, but man, oh man, oh man, he just doesn't get the PR side of things when it comes to off the court. Where Aaron was wrong. So for about the last probably 10 years in college sports, everyone has said we are headed towards two, three, maybe four super leagues in college sports. 
And for most of my career, I have pushed back on that. I've said there is a way to kind of maintain the structure. There is a way to kind of keep college sports the way that they are. And also, history tells us that big leagues, a 16-team league never works. I'm a UConn alum. We were part of the Big East when it fell apart because there were 16 teams. Everyone had different interests. The, the whack back in the day was a 16-team league. It broke off into the Mountain West and some schools stayed in the whack. So I have fought back for years that we were headed towards two, three, four super conferences, and obviously I was dead wrong. Look, once Texas-Oklahoma happened last summer, all this stuff was inevitable, but obviously the USC-UCLA news, it means what I have told you over the last couple episodes. We may have other conferences. Other schools may play football. But there are going to be two super conferences in college football in the future. It is the SEC. It is the Big Ten. And yes, maybe the Big 12 eventually gets to 20 teams or the ACC gets to 20 teams. But there are no super conferences other than the, than the Big Ten and the SEC. And this is the new world of college football. I don't have to like it. It is the new reality. It is where we are going. Certainly, I hope those of you listening that your school is either the Big Ten or the SEC because uh, everybody else is going to be on the outside looking in. Give it another five to ten years and the money disparity is going to be too great. I don't see a scenario where if you're not in one of those conferences, you're able to compete at the highest levels of at least college football and maybe other sports as well. It stinks. We are in the Super Conference era. We might not officially be there yet. But as I've said the last three or four episodes, if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, certainly at least in football, you're in big trouble going forward. Where Aaron was right. Anybody tune into that uh, 2022 NBA draft a few weeks ago? Yeah, you may remember that Orlando with the first overall pick took Paolo Bancaro out of Duke. Never forget, the night of the NBA draft lottery, I came on this show I went to Aaron Torres online, and I said if I was the Orlando Magic, I would take Paolo Bancaro number one. That's no disrespect to Chet Holmgren. That's no disrespect to Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, whoever. But what I said was if you're the Orlando Magic, here's the bottom line. You have not won a playoff series since 2010. You have not won more than – you've won two playoff games total since 2010. You cannot sell your organization on a long-term guy. You cannot sell them on Chet Holmgren. You cannot sell them on Jabari Smith. You need to go out, get the player that can contribute right away while also has long-term upside. That appears to be Paulo Bancaro. That is why I thought they should choose Paulo Bancaro. And fast forward, they chose Paulo Bancaro. Listen, uh, as I record here, he's about to start rookie league, uh, summer league, Paulo Bancaro, that is. And I can't promise anything. But what I do believe is, as I just said a second ago, he is the best combination of player who is ready to step in and contribute right away and a guy that still has long-term upside. There are guys in the short term that might be better, but I don't think there's a combination of one or the other. Now, I know Chet Holmgren has looked good early. I still think, though, it's going to take a while for him to get going. I'm not quite as high on Jabari Smith as others. I think Orlando made the right decision. It is who I would have taken with the number one pick. Congratulations to the Orlando Magic. Clearly, everybody in that front office is listening to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, as they should, and I was dead right on Paolo Bancaro, where Aaron was wrong. In the lead-up to the NBA draft, I did a lot of stuff on Shaden Sharp, and I did a lot of stuff on Shaden Sharp for one pretty straightforward reason. He was by far the most interesting story in the draft. No disrespect to Chet Holmgren, no disrespect to Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, Paolo Bancaro, but Shaden Sharp, a guy who played zero basketball this year was fascinating. And one thing that I heard throughout the draft process was there were a lot, you know, you, you get all sorts of rumors, this and that. But I heard from two, three, four, multiple people that I believed that Shaden Sharp was underwhelming during the draft process, that he did not interview well, that when he was put into basketball situations beyond one-on-zero workouts, he did not look great, um, that he did not have a level of maturity. And I said right before the draft, I said, look, it's only going to take one team to believe in him, but I believe that he can fall, especially after that weird press conference where he publicly admitted that he decided that not to play at Kentucky, that it was his decision solely. And I said, look, I'd have a million questions if I was a team drafting him. I'm not sure I would go there, but it does only take one team. And sure enough, what happened? Shaden Sharp goes in the top 10. Shaden Sharp goes to the Portland Trail Blazers with the seventh overall pick. And I was dead wrong. 
listen, I did say it's only going to take one team, but I also did think there was a scenario where he could fall to 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe outside of the top 10, especially after some of those interviews. But to his credit, he did what he thought was best. He said publicly, look, all he basically said was, uh, I'm, I'm in position to be in the top 10, so I think I made the right decision, and it appears as though he did. Shaden Sharp goes number seven. We'll see how he looks in summer league. We'll see how much he actually plays this coming season, but he was a guy that I really did not think was going to go as high as he did. Credit him. He was right. He was right all along. Shaden Sharp, I was dead wrong on. Where Aaron was right. So listen, I, I get no thrill out of being right on certain things, and one of them is Imani Bates, but, but I, I will say this. In the history of this show, since this show started, I have never been more right on anything than the Imani Bates situation. I remember where I was when I did a segment after he committed to Michigan State. It was right at the start of the pandemic. It was really to announce his uh, new prep school that he was starting, and I said on this show, I said, I'm not saying he can't be great, but it is way too much as a high school sophomore to be hyping him up as much as he as we are. I actually think I might have said that during his freshman year, and I certainly said that last summer as he was choosing to go to Memphis. Well, he goes to Memphis, it completely crashes and burns, and now this offseason he enters the portal, and by all accounts, there really wasn't that much of a market for Imani Bates. Yes, he averaged nine and a half points per game last year at Memphis, but he was super inefficient. He doesn't defend. Uh, he's not. He doesn't create for others. And the buzz is, is that the people in his inner circle, I don't know if you blame Imani, I don't know if you blame the parents, that the dad Elgin Bates is very difficult to deal with. There was a report late that Penny Hardaway actually was considering and taking him back and just didn't want to deal with the family. So whether it's the family, whether it's this, whether it's that, whatever, but the bottom line remains when it comes to Imani Bates, this is going to be my stance on any elite high school player as a high school freshman and sophomore. I don't even think we should rank players until the end of their junior year, at the very least the end of their sophomore year, middle of their junior year, because you just don't know how it's going to work out. You look at this year's high school class, Amari Bailey, who's going to UCLA, he was a top five kid throughout most of his high school career. He ends up around 30 by the time he's a senior. Now, I think he's going to be good at UCLA, but that doesn't matter. Dior Johnson, elite high school player a few years ago. He's going to Pitt now because he was going to go to Oregon. He wasn't even going to get on the court at Oregon. I think we need to, we, we need to certainly stop hyping high school players when they're freshman and sophomore years. I think we should stop ranking them all together. I hate to admit that I was dead right on Imani Bates, but I was as he gets set to go to Eastern Michigan, where Aaron was wrong. So I've talked a lot about, speaking of high school recruits, I have talked a lot about DJ Wagner, the number one high school player in the class of 2023, the, the junior class that is going to be seniors. And what I talked about was early on, it appeared as though he was a lock to go to Kentucky. His dad, played at Kentucky, his dad played for John Calipari at Memphis, Dewan Wagner. They've known the, the Calipari's forever, and it seemed like a foregone conclusion. Then DJ's grandfather gets hired at Louisville, Milt Wagner. Milt Wagner obviously played at Louisville with the new head coach, Kenny Payne. And I have said for the last couple weeks, it is a done deal. And when Kentucky took a guard from uh, the, the, this high school class named Rob Dillingham, I said it's over. DJ Wagner's going to Louisville, no doubt about it, whatever. Now, to be clear, I do still think DJ Wagner is going to Louisville, but I'll say this, there are starting to be some rumblings that DJ Wagner could seriously consider Kentucky. Now, listen, I think to the credit of his family and his parents, I think his parents are staying out of it. I think I've seen multiple interviews with Dewan where he says, whatever my son wants, whatever's best for him. He's been around John Calipari. He knows the Louisville program because of his grandfather, but I want what's best. Well, Kentucky is trending for one of his high school teammates, at least for now. There's word that this kid could transfer, but a kid named Aaron Bradshaw. Great name, Aaron, by the way. Um, but they're, uh, they're trending for this kid, Aaron Bradshaw. Uh, and there's buzz that, Dewan, that DJ Wagner could very much be considering Kentucky going forward. Now, I do still think it's going to be Louisville. I do think in the end, if I was putting a percentage on it, I'd still say probably 70% Louisville, 30% Kentucky. But that percentage is narrowing as there is increasing buzz, especially with his high school teammate Aaron Bradshaw seemingly set to commit to Kentucky, that Kentucky could get back in the mix. Still think it's Louisville. But as I said, I think it's probably about 70-30. Had you asked me a week ago, I probably would have said it's like 95-5 in favor of Louisville. We'll see if Kentucky can keep up. Where Aaron was right. 
So this is another one that on the all-time pantheon of being right, this is right up towards the top. So when the G League Ignite program first started, remember the G League during the 2020 pandemic decided, you know what? We don't want our best high school players going overseas to play. Remember, R.J. Hampton and LaMelo Ball went to Australia. The, G League Ignite, the, the NBA decided to start this G League program called G League Ignite for elite high school players to, to play if they don't want to go play in college. Jalen Green was part of the first group. Jonathan Kaminga was part of the first group. But what I said at the time was this. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's not going to work. But what I do know is I have an awful lot of questions. I got questions about the exposure. You can criticize college basketball for a lot, especially in the pre-NIL era, but Duke's on TV every time they play. Kentucky's on TV every time they play. Gonzaga's on national TV 40 times a year. Who are these guys going to play in front of? And then, oh, by the way, who are they going to play? They're either going to play against grown men and get embarrassed or more likely, how often are they going to play? Where are they going to play? Is it going to be on TV? As I said at the time, a lot of these kids don't like to practice. None of us like to practice, right? I mean, I, I like to turn on the mic and go. I don't like working on, you know. So the point I said was, a lot of kids don't like to practice. Do you really want to be in front of NBA personnel every single day? And for the most part, I got to say, this program has been a flop. So first of all, draft night was tough for him. Now, Dyson Daniels, the kid from Australia, went pretty high. But Jaden Hardy, who was a five-star kid, top five prospect, fell to the second round. I think he actually got underdrafted. I would have taken him earlier. Marjan Beauchamp went in the first round, but he's 21 years old, three years removed from high school. And they had a kid named Michael Foster, who I don't even think got drafted. And so you look at this G League Ignite program, this a year after one of their, their inaugural class, Dacian Nix, who is going to go to UCLA, doesn't get drafted. Isaiah Todd goes in the second round. It's been mostly not good. And then here's the, the kicker on top of this. Did you see what happened last week with G League Ignite? Oh, Rod Strickland, the guy who was in charge of G League Ignite, left G League Ignite to go coach college basketball. Now, I've heard for years Rod Strickland has been trying to get a college co head coaching job. I know for a fact that he interviewed for at least one Power Six conference job, did not get it. I can tell you with certainty because I know who interviewed him. But he's been trying to get back into college basketball, and he takes the LIU Brooklyn job in June. Now, most people are focusing on the fact that LIU Brooklyn kind of screwed over their current coach, Derek Kellogg, fired him in June. But what does it say about your NBA developmental program that was supposed to be competing with, the, with college basketball for prospects that the guy who's running that program just left for one of the worst jobs in Division I basketball? Now, if he leaves for Kentucky... If he leaves for UCLA, if he leaves for Memphis, that's a lot different. But he left for LIU Brooklyn. I could go on and on, but I was dead right on this. Finally, where Aaron was wrong. Listen, I've talked about this one so many times. I've been so wrong on this that there's really no need for me to, to, to go on too long with this. But Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, sports talk radio, because it's the NFL, they're going to make a big deal about it. I don't really know that this matters. You know, it's funny. I was listening to my buddy Bucky Brooks, great uh, NFL mind. He doesn't even think Baker Mayfield's going to be a starter in Carolina. But I bring it up because this is just one I was dead wrong on. When Baker came out of college, I said, look, I love the attitude. I love the moxie. I love the story. Went to Texas Tech, beat out a bunch of guys, became the starting quarterback. He gets benched. He goes to Oklahoma, walks on, beats out a bunch of guys, leads Oklahoma to three straight Big 12 championships and a couple college football playoff appearances. That was what I said. That is clearly not as what has happened since he got to the NFL. Uh, Baker Mayfield, listen, I, I don't know if the career is over. I do still think he's probably an, an above-average starter. I do think he played with a lot of injuries last year, and he was really the fall guy for essentially what everything that went, on, went wrong in Cleveland. With that said, I think it's safe to say he is never going to play up to the expectation of a number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield headed to the Carolina Panthers. All right. I think that's it. This episode of the Aratora Sports Podcast, I want to thank you guys and girls for listening. And a quick reminder as to what we are doing next week. So next week I am on vacation, but because I'm a man of the people, because I love you guys, what I have done is pre-taped three interviews that will run next week, a little bit long form, ranging from about 25 minutes to about 45 minutes with three guys in the media that I really respect. 
On Monday, we will have an interview with Trey Wallace from Outkick.com. He does an incredible job covering college football. He's actually the guy that broke the Jeremy Pruitt story uh, about the paying the players with McDonald's bags and stuff. He is a beast. He talks about that story. Wednesday, Josh Pate, just a monster in the college football podcast slash YouTube space. And then finally, uh, Friday will be John Fanta, college basketball broadcaster for ES, uh, for, for, for Fox Sports. Excuse me. So what I need you to do is this. First of all, make sure you're subscribed. Download those episodes. And as I said, Go ahead and find each of those guys on Twitter, and I'll give you their Twitter handles before each of the shows. And make sure to thank them, right? They're taking the time out to join this podcast, and the way we get good guests, the way we get people to keep coming back is to let them know that you support them. So let's start on Monday. Download the show, Trey Wallace Outkick. I'm telling you, I just did that interview like a little bit before I recorded here, and it was a fun interview that you were going to enjoy. Wednesday is Josh Pate. Friday is John Fanta. And then the following week, I'll be back at guess what? It's SEC Media Days week, baby. So it is going to be go time. I'm going to come back refreshed. Hopefully have a little bit of, nice, of a nice tan. I actually have a ton of announcements for the start of football season. I cannot wait to share with you. Uh, but yeah, three interviews next week. And then we are back on a normal schedule come Monday. I guess it would be the 18th. With that said, I am going to get out of here. Uh, I want to thank you guys and girls for listening to today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. I will be back on Monday. Three long-form interviews, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so make sure you're subscribed. With that said, I am going to get out of here, though. Shout-out to Torrent Craig. Shout-out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout-out JJ Reddick, UF head. Why'd you block me, bro? I'll be back on Monday, long-form interview week on the Air Tour Sports Podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.